Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I remember asking Playboy to, at, when I wanted to work with Tiger's uh, instructor out in Vegas, and it cost 10 grand for a couple of days. And I said, hey, Playboy, hey, Hef, will you, will you guys help me pay for that? Because I'm out here every week and all they talk about is Playboy. And that was before I was really doing too much. I wasn't into sports completely yet. So Playboy was my title. Everybody talked about that. And they and have said, no, I'm not going to have you go out there and just have one week. I want you to have somebody local. So I went in and Riviera and got the top coach there. And that was years where I was seeing, I was seeing him twice a week, eight in the morning. And it was so cool because I'd show up and I remember seen on the you know in the driving range Stallone and Kevin <laughs> Costner and there I am with my instructor out there and bing, bing. it was it was so fun welcome fellow lushes come on in pull up a bar stool and enjoy some cocktails with dimples and the beard <laughs> Hi, boys. Hello, and thank you for joining us, Lisa Durgan, <laughs> Miss July 1998. Playmate. We, uh, we're, we are just so fortunate to have fallen into the, the Playmate world and <laughs> consider ourselves so lucky, and we appreciate you coming on to talk we, a little bit. We've been very lucky. Absolutely. You guys are big supporters, and you are everywhere, and we see you, and we love you guys, so I'm excited oh. to uh, join, join you. Yeah, the only thing I, I, I I'm gonna have to talk to Victoria and have have her help me get a a, a e or a, a NFT wallet or whatever I need. <laughs> she can walk us through it. She's a she's the pro. She is amazing. She knows every. She's so well versed in this that all of us girls. Every time we talk to her, we learn. Yeah, I bet. so much. And there's only about five percent that we know compared to her. I mean, she's just been so. Yeah. You know, for the past couple of years. Well, we've we've had her on twice, and I still don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> all I and know she, is she all, took her time and went through a lot of stuff with us. So yeah. she was yeah. She wonderful. Yeah. All I know is the art that she and and her partner are creating are is beautiful art. And uh, anybody who is into the you know the Playboy world, the Playmate collectible, needs to go check out Gatefolds, the Rogue Bunnies. It is amazing. It's so weird to see. I mean. It's, it's hard to describe until people see it, but it's so 
beautiful and she's so talented and it's so unique and it's so her unique style. And I mean, it's like, you know how Andy Warhol had his look. She has her look True. and it's so neat to see your face with her art. And um, I'm going to treasure these forever and ever. And hopefully others are going to too. Well, it looks like, I, I, I mean, so. I've been, I've been watching some of the bidding and it looks like they're doing well, very yeah. popular. So, you know what I've heard? So many people still don't know this world right, right. that they went on to bid for it and they realized, oh, I can't bid with money. You know, yep. it's, I, I mean, I, it sounds pretty obvious, but it really is confusing still to a lot of people. And I know we're just on the cusp of expanding in, yeah. in the next year. I really feel like everybody's going to know. Well, so what was your involvement with? like NFTs or knowledge prior to her reaching out to you? Any? <laughs> good, good. I didn't know. She was talking about it. And um, Vic and I are really close. She's one of the playmates that I always adored and worked with probably more than most. Okay. So we're really close. And she always would mention this to a group of us girls, you know, and, and everybody's like, NFT, NFT, what is she talking about? <laughs> And she's like, I'll get you guys all on board. We'll explain. And it was just such a big thing to just talk about. And she still, whenever she has us on the phone, she takes the time to describe every little detail, any questions you have. I don't know when she sleeps. I don't know when she finds the time to do this art. She's incredible. She's like a machine right now. She's so talented. But she's passionate about it. That's for sure. So Very. she's driving. Yeah, I know she was telling us that you can sometimes find her in the Discord at like three o'clock in the morning because she'll it's wake true. up and, <laughs> Did and just go and search out. When she was on the Discord with a group, flew somewhere, got off the plane, hopped on it, and everybody was like, "Hey, you're back!" I mean, she's <laughs> she's devoted. Yeah, <laughs> it's obviously a big passion for her, and it's awesome. I mean, it. I, I like I said, I need to get in touch with her and find out how to set up whatever I need to set up so that I can bid because right. I want to, because I, like you said, this is so brand new and yeah. uh, like you're talking, people don't know that they need, I mean, they need like a, a crypto, yeah, yeah. crypto to, to bid. I mean, imagine five years from now when everybody knows that what these things are going to be worth. Oh, we'll be at Starbucks and paying for things <laughs> with that on our phone. Yeah. Yeah. She'll help you. She says it's quite simple. She's helping all of us girls in a group um yeah. set it up real quickly so it doesn't take much sure it's kind of like setting up your venmo account you know just yeah. set it up real quick and connect it to your bank account and you're set yeah and if it's that easy i'm yeah i definitely got to get in because i would love to get one i mean so as she was talking to you about it and then i'm assuming she talked she was mentioning it prior to asking you to come aboard yes and then yeah. when she asked you to come aboard was it uh, I'm not so sure. Or, oh, hey, no. if you're in, I'm in. Oh, especially this first group of 13. It's extra special that you're the first. It's also scary because we're kind of, you, you're not a guinea pig, but you kind of are because you mm -hmm. we're all just learning this together, all of us girls. And the bidding is only getting more and more as the next bid goes mm -hmm. out for the next one and the next NFT. And we're going to have a big drop uh, July, beginning of July, I believe the 5th. Um, don't quote me on that. Okay. We wanted to stay away from the fourth, but um, everything's going to go crazy after that with this, you know, all 13 of us are just okay. going to, it's going to go nuts. This first one that went out was a special gold NFT, which gets you in the metaverse and 
all these things we could go down those rabbit holes if you guys want but um I'm learning with you. So <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. If you know, if you know anything about the metaverse in the, in the, in the uh, virtual mansion or whatever, fill us in. Cause I, I think anytime people get a chance to hear it is good. And it's just not us that you're filling in. You'll be right, filling in, yeah, yeah. you know, anybody just so that they're the, imagine this, whoever watching us, us knuckleheads are just as <laughs> just lost as, as we are. Yeah. And we've had some lessons from the group, the best. So yeah. Well, this is this is the question for Vic because um, we're still learning too. But I know that the first gold NFT, like mine, Ava's, there's going to be you know the first ones that we've already sold and the ones that are about to sell. Yep. Guarantee that the purchaser of that NFT gets the key. And if you noticed, we were holding a key in the picture, yep. looking mm -hmm. over our shoulder. That's a guarantee you're into the metaverse, meta mansion. And it's where, when you're in there, we're in there and you know, it's, it's, God, I'm going to make this sound crazy. <laughs> we're all in there together, but there's another um, part that we're all going to be a part of. And it's kind of like the Pokemon. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not selling it correctly because of the terminology. I, I'm not going to get it just right, but there's already locations where it'll look like we're all in Miami in the art district. And that's a location that I know, one of the locations where everyone's gonna be able to be in that, in the metaverse and I'll be there or yeah. Ava will be there or just whatever playmate is going to be involved that day. And we're all in, and you know how with Pokemon, you saw it on your phone. Right. I didn't do Pokemon, but I know it was crazy when I was in, New York and everybody was running across <laughs> the free. I mean, it was nuts. Everybody yeah. was going nuts and you're going to get to do that with playmates. So who doesn't want to chase a that? playmate, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm much more interested in a playmate than Pokemon. I can tell you that. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A very obvious one. Yeah. Very yeah. obvious. Yes. <laughs> but, oh but I think gosh. people that are starting to understand this world, and what's coming are going to get the excitement of what you're saying. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. it's, it's obviously things are moving in that direction. So, and it's moving so fast that we're still learning how to say it. Obviously I need more help on it too, because it is, we're learning as we go, we have meetings every week and it's a group meet. It's so fun. I've, I've got to say the best thing about this whole experience, besides all of us doing playboy and having that common sorority of friendships and, there's no jealousy. We're all so we're tight. You know, there's very, I, I don't have one enemy in Playboy. I just, all the girls, we all have such a, a unique bond where once you became a playmate, you were in and everybody just, we all love each other so much and we're back together again. It's kind of like she got the band back together again. How yeah. great is that? Yeah. I mean, just even when we have I know tonight there's a poker tournament yep. that if I wasn't here, I'd be on the, you know, doing the tournament. So it's, we're all doing a tournament with all these fans and, and then just even our meetings, we sit in our meetings and everybody's asking questions or we're going over security. That's a big thing, guys. There's a yeah. lot of crazies. Oh yeah. Where they're trying to get in and steal the crypto money. And oh. it, so we're really protecting ourselves because we're a target. I mean, the NFT world is such a man, a man's world still. And we're one of the first group of women that already had a following that yeah. are starting these 
NFTs, which makes it even extra special and great for you guys too. Yeah, so, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think of that part that, you know, uh, a, a big group of, of women that got through. You're one of the first. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we're working with the guys that do MLB and WWE and NBA and, and us. So that's, it's a big, big deal to who awesome. we're working with. It's a really big deal. So speaking of Playmates, what is your, your story? How did you get to Playboy? Discovered? Auditioned? What was your path? Well, um, I finished. Okay, so when I was in college, I went to San Diego State. I grew up in San Diego. Um, my junior and senior year, I was modeling all the time in Los Angeles, driving back and forth because I still had to finish school. And I was working with an LA agency that had me go to Playboy because Playboy does, you, as you know, they had great articles and a great magazine besides the centerfold every month. They had a really, it was an incredible magazine and a ton of editorial work where they needed models. And the very first job I got hired for was to shoot down in Cabo San Lucas, um, shooting all the swimsuit campaign for the the following spring. And so me and the guy went down with Arnie Freytag and their whole team. And the whole time it was so professional and Arnie being one of their top, you know, two in Los Angeles to shoot with, he and I had such a good rapport. He loves golf. I play golf. He kept saying, you should really think about being a playmate. We'll make your pictorial about golf. And I said, emphatic, no, no way, no how. And I was working a lot. And when I moved to LA, I was working completely just modeling and commercials and really busy. So I didn't know if it would hurt me, but mm. I kept it in the, in, in the back of my head thinking, this is pretty cool. Um, they hired me like four or five, six more times because I don't know if you remember, Hef had brought back these one page ads what sort of man reads Playboy? Well, the man who, it, well, the one, I always think of the one where we went helicopter skiing. Well, we didn't really. The helicopter was behind us and we flew to Utah to shoot ski pictures. And it was Layla Roberts, me, we were the two playmates. And then they had these other models with us to look like we're all skiing, but I'm in the forefront with one of the male models and the, the kind of guy that helicopter skis and we just look like we're having fun and these one page ads we'd fly all over and shoot them one time i was in a, a fighter pilot uh it was a military picture and i was you know crawling up to kiss my boyfriend who's flying the plane and that was a what sort of man reads playboy well the guy that flies you know in the military and <laughs> These ads were really kind of cool. It was just a one page ad. I got to go back and find all of mine. I don't know where any of them are. I think <laughs> I have just the more recent ones. But I think when I first started way back in the day, I'd love to find them. But um, I kept shooting those and they kept calling me back and they kept saying, you would be so great for Playboy. You, you really should consider it. And when I was shooting in Utah with Stephen Weta, he said the same thing. And he said, I want to shoot you. So there's that, you know, oh, I want to shoot you. I want to shoot. And then I worked in Chicago for a couple of those ads. And that was Richard Fagley. 
And he said, you got to be a playmate. What are you thinking? <laughs> and it's because of Victoria. I know I've told this story before, but my roommate at the time was close to Victoria and they worked together. And so Vic was in my living room and I met her and, and she said, have you ever thought of being a playmate? And I said, well, they, they keep asking, but I, oh, I, and I knew she was a playmate, but I, I told her I was nervous. And she said, you know, they're going to stop asking you. <laughs> and I never forgot that because there was a part of me that realized, you know, this, this is going to dissipate. It is going to go away because sure. they keep asking and I keep saying no. Yeah. And it was because of that. And I remember being in the studio uh, twice a week. They would have open call where anybody off the street could could audition and, and try to be a playmate and they would take your Polaroid and they were always kind to everybody. They gave everybody a chance. Yeah. But they had this whole room in the studio that was just logged of all of the Polaroids of all the rejects. And it was wall to wall Polaroids all documented. And Arnie popped in there, or one of his assistants popped me in there and they go, you wanna see how many girls try out? You should really do this. And the room just fascinated me. And I remember I, I pulled one out and it was a, it, it really looked like a transvestite. It was a guy that walked in there and wanted to be a playmate. And it was the one I picked up and I'm looking at, but they <laughs> documented him and gave him his two minutes of trying out. And, and they were really fair about that because they would find girls that way, just walking in off the street. So I finally said, yes, Arnie okay. and Steven shot it. My whole pictorial was about golf. And it was funny, the um, first couple of days shooting, we were in Palm Springs and Alexis Vogel, who was rest, God, I can't believe she's gone, but um, she did all the makeup. We got all, everything all done. And then Arnie and I went and played golf all day. Oh, and perfect. so my first day of shooting, I'm playing golf. I'm fully clothed, but um, I'm, I'm out there shooting and he's, you know, I'm hitting balls right at him. But if you could see in the first page of my pictorial, the ball's mm -hmm. coming right at the camera. And um, yeah, so, and then we were in the locker room at one of those, I, I'm sure the guy who saw his nameplate on the locker with me naked in front of it is probably- <laughs> In heaven. Probably like, what the heck happened that day? Where was I? <laughs> <laughs> right. Why didn't I golf that day? I know. I'd be there. I, I'm sure he's got it framed somewhere at this point. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. I was just talking about it. I just thought of that. It's so funny. But we had a great, great shoot. Um, I had a manager at the time that got a call from Callaway the day the hit the magazine hit the stands. And he goes, Lisa, we're flying down to Callaway. Um, they want to sponsor you. Oh, great. I know. <laughs> I know. It was really cool. And so instead of driving down, he flew us down on a single engine and we got down there for the meeting. They fit me with clubs and God, that was a relationship I had with them for many years. And they gave me a few sets. So it was a great relationship. Yeah. yeah. For, was it Callaway clubs would be nice. <laughs> just crazy after that, after the episode come or the, you know, the, yeah, your magazine comes out and just. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And then Taylor made, and I got all the foot choice shoes and Taylor made, I got pro V one golf balls and then playboy would give me all the balls with the bunny on it. And I would have my name stamped on it. So my nickname is Dergy, and there's, you know, in the rough everywhere. If nice. I hit a bad shot, there's Dergy. <laughs> do you, do you, you know have any, me. do you have any left? 
Oh gosh. Yeah. And yeah. as a matter of fact, they're in a, I have a bowl of them in my office because it looks cool and all the yeah. things that I've played and, and I have different, um, just different balls of places that whatever, and I've got extras. So I thought it looked cool in a bowl. And every time I have a party or people are over here, they get snagged. So I got to be careful. You got to watch them now, right? Security camera just on your golf balls. <laughs> I know. Isn't that silly? So where did the love or for golf come from? My mom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so as a kid, my mom was always playing golf and, um, it was my sister and I growing up, she's never played once, but for some reason I was really close to my mom and I would always want to drive the golf cart. Sure. So I would always go with her on Saturdays and drive the golf cart for her. And, um, that got old for a while for her. And she had me slot, you know, get out of the cart and, um, try the game. And I was, was she eager to, was she eager to teach you? Yes. Yes. But she's so by the book still to this day. I mean, no mulligans, nothing, but <laughs> she, um, would wait until we were a few holes out. It was, a um, in San Diego. Um, well, I played on a little military course, um, nine hole course down at 32nd street, but I, lived right near Admiral Baker, which was another military course. And that was an 18 hole course. And that was a big deal that my mom, first of all, I never played it entire 18 holes with her because she never felt I was ready. And, and I was living in LA and playing in tournaments and sponsored by Callaway. And she never thought I was ready. And I was, I was ready, but that's <laughs> clearly, oh yeah. She always waited until we were away from the you know, checking out, checking, you know, in with the clubhouse and starting our 18 holes, she would wait until like the second or third hole when nobody from the clubhouse could see us. Nobody was behind us. And that's something I wish, I wish everybody out there. I see this all the time. Learning how to play as a kid was so beneficial for me. And the way I was taught with following all the rules and learning about golf etiquette. It was, you know, I remember running around and after one of my lessons, my teacher said to my mom, Carol, make sure you teach her all about golf. We talked about golf etiquette a lot today. So now that you're going to play, make sure she knows what she's doing. And so I, I, I really honor the rules of golf and there is a lot of rules and it's, it's cool. It's tradition and, I, I can't stand it when I'm out there and I see women that are wearing tennis skirts and their cheeks are hanging out and it's just so inappropriate because I wasn't ever like that on the course, nor would I want to, because it would take away, I would, I would feel like I'm an object instead. I, I, I got to focus on the game. I'm out there with my ponytail and I'm sporty, but here's where I, circling back to what I was trying <laughs> to say, because I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole, but I learned slowly and I was taken out to par, you know, par three courses that were tiny. And that gave me the confidence. And I see so many people out there bringing their wife to go play 18 holes with the guys. And that's so intimidating for her. And, or even a guy that's never played. And then you, you go out there and you're hacking it up. Of course you're hacking it up. You've never played. Right. And there's something about starting slow and I'm doing that with my son. I just don't 
that's recipe for failure. If you're starting out, you know, the way that my mom wouldn't even let me, I mean, it was a big deal to play an 18 hole course to her. Sure. Yeah, and it was disrespectful to the people behind you. If you've got some kid out there or even an adult, I've played with so many guys or at the time, you know, my boyfriend in college or my ex-husband, I'd be out there with him and all the baseball players and their wives couldn't play. (laughs) And it was frustrating for me because I play. (laughs) So I would move ahead with the guys and all the girls were just hacking it up. And I'm, (laughs) I didn't want to play if they're just goofing off. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, you it's a serious game. game, you know? Yeah, I, total I, respect for it. Yeah. yeah. So it, back to your kind of with your mom waiting a couple holes to go out to let you start. Yeah. And if you got going and some another team got behind you real close, did she ever say, sit this one out? She would say, pick up. Oh, I heard that all the time. Pick it up, pick it up. Or if I was not knowing what I was doing, this was right before I even started with lessons. And sure. she was just getting me trying it out she would always say pick up and she'd kind of just have that tone. Like, we're not going to waste time out here. We're going to get you lessons. And then I had lessons and then it was two days a week. And I was racing out um, of class on Thursdays. We had half days for some reason that year on Thursdays. So I race out and my mom would be picking me up and we'd go straight to play. And on Saturdays I had my lesson in the morning and then she and I would play 18 or that at the time it was a par nine. So Nice. Nice. Part, yeah. So I'm nine assuming she was very good. She's excellent. excellent. She's still playing three days a week and she's in her eighties. She bless her. That's awesome. She's had three hole in ones. <laughs> Have you had any? I was really close. <laughs> Santa Barbara. I was a foot away from, I have a picture of it. I have a picture of it, but nice. um, that's nice. Yeah, I almost, I almost did. So uh, does your mom still beat you? I beat her last month when I was in San Diego. Yeah. So, when was, when was the first time you beat her? Yes. That's what was my question. Uh, when I lived in LA and I had my Callaways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you were all sponsored and raring to go. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Not by much. Yeah. Sure. So we're good out there. And I love playing with my mom. She's still my favorite person to play with because I ask her anything. There's no judgment. I can have her repeat something she's told me a hundred times, or I talk it out with her about, well, now why did you use your hybrid there? Here's where I would. And so, yeah. and I still have, I still have um, little notes that I wrote years ago when I worked with the Callaway guys, they would always leave me some things to work on after we'd work with the simulator and I'd get the new set. They, the pro there would give me some pointers and I would always take good notes and I still have those notes. Yeah. I have pre-swing. I have pre-swing things that I think of a little checklist and then I throw it all away because it's ready. And then I think of uh, my swing. I think of, pro- I tell myself crossover. Cro- it's my little inside thing. You wouldn't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> um, I have all my little notes and some of them are from what my mom told me when I was playing and those early days of being out there because it's tried and true. I mean, yeah, she's good. And she had some good advice. I just remember, um, and I, by only means not good at all. No, he's not, but how, 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 no, 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 <laughs> no, nothing. I got nothing. What's the opposite of scratch. Uh, my, <laughs> my point is trying to say is I just, um, 
I obviously when my bringing up my son, I could, I could beat him and beat him. And it was a huge day the first time he could beat me. Oh, that's really cool. And it was, you know, and I, I mean, it was a big day. I, I loved it because it was, he was so excited to, to, you know, to beat me legitimately and not cheating and all that. So I just didn't know if that was a big deal to you to finally, you know, beat your mom right. that one time. And if she was like me, it, I enjoyed it. I was you know, I'm you glad know she surpassed and me. She enjoys it. But I remember playing um, one other time with her in San Diego. I had to go down and do this um, charity uh, luncheon. And then they said, do you want to play golf after? And I said, yeah, can I take my mom? And so we were playing and, and I hadn't played with her in so long. And I was, you know, it felt good because I could ask her all my questions. I was a little rusty because, you know, during the years that I had my kids, I really put it on the shelf for a little bit because everybody, when I moved out to Texas, I, I was playing a lot less golf and all my friends played tennis. No one played golf. <laughs> so I was playing tennis all the time. So I was back with my mom and she was giving me pointers. And then one of the holes, um, I hit it right by the pin and she goes, I'm not helping you anymore. <laughs> and we laugh about it, but. Um, I was going to say the, the parent enjoys the first time the kid beats them right. every time after that. <laughs> right. Right. I got to set my game up. That's <laughs> right. really what it comes down to. How, how old was you, Julian when this happened? Eight, nine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, drink when you're out there? Cause I don't. If I'm going with the boys, I do. When I'm with my son, I don't. Yeah. Every, whenever the beer cart is rolling by and guys start drinking beer, that messes me up. If I have a margarita or a beer, I can't do it. It depends how pretty the beer cart girl is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's a, that's a big, you know. So. so through all the years, how many times have you gone go golf with some other people? And, and I'm not going to, I'm going to say it some burly head guys are like, Oh, this girl, whatever I can, I don't oh. even have to try. And then you're like kicking their ass. Oh, totally. I remember. How great playing, is that? I was in Detroit, Michigan in a tournament and I was paired up with these three executives and the big round uh, owner of whatever company, I don't know. He was pompous and arrogant and narcissistic and, you know, he kind of made a comment like, she's playing, you know, and he's thinking I'm there to drive the cart or something. And I hit my first shot and it was a scramble. So we used my first shot and uh, he shut up real quick. And I remember thinking this jerk. And instead of saying anything, right. that happens. I mean, all of us playmates can attest to this. I mean, you get judged before you even are spoken to, or it's, it's just, it's part of, you know, it's. Yeah, I can't, yeah. yeah. But how We're satisfying is the, to, to shut them up? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's much better when you don't say a word and you just, cause that guy shut up real quick and he was a cheater. He was horrible. <laughs> he was moving his ball around and taking mulligans and using the old foot wedge. He was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've always said, I think, uh, you're, you're as, and I'm a, I'm a father to a six-year-old and, uh, I think it's either golf or, or some form of martial arts for her, because I just think so one, cool. the discipline that you get from one or the other or both right. discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. Both are right. really I mean, great. Golf is one of them games where you have to do it right. You don't, you don't go out there and, you know, 
No. So it's, and you can play and at your mom and test, you can play it for your rest of your life. Yeah. Your whole life. Yeah. So I told my, my daughter, one daughter said yes. One said no. And my son said, yes, join the, join the high school team. Let them teach you. Let, let you practice. Let so you true. just do it. If it's, you know, don't learn from me. <laughs> right? So, so I don't know where, where are you guys? I know you're in central. We're in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. So I grew up in Southern Cal. And if you can imagine at San Diego state, everybody was trying to get on the darn golf team. Oh, and I never could get on the, cause they would take numbers and we'd had a raffle because everybody wanted that course. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, when you had some free electives to do what you want. Yeah. So you didn't have to win your way on it. You just, I never got on the, yeah, oh, never wow. got that one. How um, disappointing, but What's your favorite course? Do you have a favorite course? Ooh, that's tough. I mean, I'm sure you've, I mean, and we'll get into your, the sports cast stuff that you've done. So I'm sure you've had the opportunity to play a lot oh, of the, some beauties, the big wow. name oh, golf man. courses. You know, which one is one of the coolest experiences is Shadow Creek in Vegas. Oh, really? It's so exclusive and private and hard to get on. When you're in there, you don't feel like you're in Las Vegas. It's built up with all these, it, it, it's incredible. Um, I love golf in Hawaii, the big island. Yeah. Um, but when you go into the rough, it's hitting all the lava rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, bing, bing. They go everywhere. Um, Mexico, think of that. Ooh, some great courses in Mexico. And uh, honestly, Southern California, just yeah. so many great courses in California or Santa Barbara, Rancho San Marcos. Ooh, yeah. played there almost at least once a month. I was always at that course. And some of these golf magazines that I did photo shoots with, they said, where do you want to meet? And I said, Rancho San Marcos. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet there for the, for the, you know. Not to, not to jump, but did, were you, I'm assuming you, well, not assuming, when you were filming your blockbuster, the arena in Russia. Yeah. Did you play golf over there? Heck no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my okay. gosh. Karen McDougal and I, we have to sit down with a bottle of wine and talk about that experience after all these years. Um, that was, how, that was crazy. How long were you over there? Six, six and a half weeks. Oh, okay. wow. <laughs> yeah. And we were, Okay, so it was Karen and I and the the Playmate Promotions uh, team that we're close with came out with us to get us there and settled and meet the, the, everybody to shoot the movie. And then they left. So Karen and I were by ourselves with all the <laughs> Russians. And we had an interpreter the whole time. We loved her. And Pasha, our driver, took us everywhere. Um, and the... The movie was an incredible experience, but it was also, we were in St. Petersburg for the beginning of shooting. And then after about the first two weeks, we were shooting out in the middle of right near the Baltic Sea, an hour away from St. Petersburg in the middle of nowhere. It looked like an old concentration camp that became where we stayed. I mean, it was an empty, building and Karen and I were like I, I don't know how we survived we weren't eating anymore because we were 
in the middle of nowhere and the food and the restaurants were far and few between shooting, but they had built this arena in the middle of all these birch trees. They mowed down a whole bunch of birch trees and built an arena um, to look like, just like the movie, The Gladiator. And we shot in that arena for four of the six weeks. And we were so far, I felt so far away from home and not always did I feel safe. And that's a whole nother conversation, but. So you, you know, stayed Karen, out there. You didn't, what, you stayed out there those four weeks. Yeah. Every, oh. every day Pasha would drive us to the, um, the outdoor arena and we shot all our fight scenes and there was, it was so remote that took an hour to drive there. And every night we'd be in the dark driving back to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. And, um, and I remember one time getting pulled over, Pasha got pulled over and he's speaking Russian and the Russian cops are shining light. And he kept saying American actress, American actress. I'm, I don't know what accent I'm trying to do there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got it. And the cop is shining lights at Karen and I, and I'm like, Oh my God. I, I felt like sometimes when you're in Mexico and and you get pulled over and you're yeah. trying to, you get lost and you can't read the little signs on the side <laughs> of the building and you're going the wrong way. It kind of felt like that, but we weren't doing anything wrong, but we got pulled over for no reason. And I, I just, that was scary, but I yeah, can't um, imagine we, we, we got in the wrong Uber in Minneapolis with a guy who didn't <laughs> speak English and I was scared to death. Like, <laughs> What's going to happen here? I can't imagine it happening in, in nowhere, Russia, but in she's, Russia. but she's tougher yeah. than you are. She is. If tough. you saw the arena, she's yeah. tougher than you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was one of the scarier things that's ever happened to me. Oh man. It was scary, but it was <laughs> Did such you, an experience. Yeah. So in that, for that, and I apologize, I haven't, um, trying to, I was prior trying to look for the movie to watch but uh, couldn't find it quite yet, but I will. Um, I just, I found the original. Oh which I yeah. Will watch. With uh, Pam. Pam Greer. Greer. Oh, Pam Greer. Yeah. Okay. The nice. legend. I Pram played Greer. her part. I, it, oh. we did the remake of it. So I was Pam in, in the uh, remake. Nice. Yeah. She's, she's, she's a legend. Um, yeah, she is. That was cool. Did you, was there, what kind of training did you go through? Sword training, physical training or what to get ready for that? <laughs> The first week when we were there, they were working with us. They had a team of people working with us. And when we were shooting the movie, they were real swords. And we were told that they weren't going to be real. And then when Karen and I are by ourselves and shooting, we were like, well, I thought these were going to be fake. And oh, they weren't. And there was one part in the movie where I really did get hit with the sword and my finger got cut and it was a really bad hit. Karen hit a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because in the movie, they used the footage of it, but I know exactly when it happened. Mm. Um, and they had a, a guy with a hospital bag on the set that was an extra. So he was dirty and in the stands as one of the, the guys screaming for the fight to happen. And Karen and I were, you got to see the movie, but we're, we're in the arena having our fight and they're waiting to see who gets killed. And so the guy, when, when I was bleeding and I'm underneath the arena, <laughs> underneath <laughs> the seats 
and I feel Bleeding like my for real. broke. It was crooked. And, um, and the guy shows up and he, he's filthy and this medicine bag opens <laughs> up and he uses this glue to stick my finger back together. Yep. And he's all dirty and I'm watching that happen. It was, it was scary. So needless to say, we had to drive me to the city and get a tetanus shot in the middle of uh, shooting the movie. <laughs> but, and and so, you're like a Russian I'll take, shot. I'll take it just to get to see some uh, life, some other right? life in the stadium. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was just so funny. Um, and that is the blue is standard that that's like army standard that was invented, uh, a quick fix on, on wounds. That was so weird. And he was so dirty and he was, (laughs) that would have worried me together. That was so weird. And I, this movie, I just towards the end, I wasn't feeling safe. Karen wasn't feeling safe. Uh Um, not from the people on the set, but we just, there were shenanigans going on and there were things, I don't know. So the whole second half of shooting the movie, I had my passport inside. And if you look really close, you could see the shape of my booty with the gladiator, like, (laughs) rope around you know the knee down it had fur with a leather strap my passport was in there because I didn't they wanted to hold our passports and I'm like you're not taking my passport (laughs) oh yeah that seems shady (laughs) yeah so nobody came and visited during that time like nobody from playboy or from the movie studio from they were there they were there with us to get us there yeah and they left wow yeah oh if you guys interview Karen, you got to ask her about it. We have got to, there's so much yeah. fun stories about that, that trip. So, so that was your, was that your evenings? You do just the two of you hanging out? Cause what did you hang out with anybody else from the movie set or oh, crew yeah. or actors? You, you get so close to everybody. Okay. Yeah. Even, and did they speak English? Did you, were you able to, or did you Some need the interpreter the whole time? The interpreter was our bestie the whole time. And <laughs> No, not hardly anybody spoke English. So Karen and I were pretty much, I mean, we were together 24 seven. The only time we were apart is we had our own rooms. Yeah. So. Well, that, I, like I said, I was the last couple of weeks, I've been looking for it to, to watch it and uh, I will hunt it down and I will find it. Well, you'll find I, it because somebody in my son's class asked my son, Hey, you want to watch the arena? I got it. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> this it's, is crazy. Uh, well, you know what? It's there. And Roger Corman, the producer, you know, he's, do we able to meet him? Uh, I think for the original being for the audition. Okay. And he's still alive and kicking. He, he is. And he's up there. He's, He's incredible. Yeah. Well, just he he knew what he wanted. He just wanted to get these movies out and he just bam, pumped them out and said, and I think that's the other thing. He's like, well, I made these. I'm running out of ideas. It's been a couple of years. I'll just remake it. (laughs) Yeah. And let's get a couple of playmates. Let's just do that. So how smart is that? I wasn't going down the acting route. Um, In the very beginning, I thought I would want to try that, but I found my niche. So I wasn't going that route. So when they wanted me to audition for it, I remember thinking, all right, I'll go. 
And I was for Playboy working for, we had a boat, uh, oh God, I'm trying, the cigarette boats for Playboy. We had our own cigarette boat that would tour all over the world. And I was working for them and I'm in uh, Saint-Tropez at a lunch with the group of Playboy uh, for the cigarette boat. And I got that message, you're going to Russia. And I'm like, you guys, I'm going to Russia. <laughs> it's just so weird. Cause yeah. And um, that was such an experience. It is, but the acting bug is just gone. You just never. I never even had it when I got that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But it was enough. cool. It was cool. It was something, you know, you take it. If you get it, you take yeah. it. And I well, know. you know, not everybody can say you're in, you're the star of a, movie, of a yeah. movie. Regardless. I know it. I mean, you are the star of the arena. Yeah. And then yes. you went you and went forever, forever. Went from the arena to interviewing Tiger Woods. I know. Isn't that cool? <laughs> is that a dichotomy? So is that now your is that your more your passion is sports is the sports, obviously, and hosting and sports broadcasting. That was my niche. That's it fit so well. It was, you know, you you're in LA and you're around so many girls that want to be an actress and they don't go to college. They go to LA and they want to do that. Well, I went to LA after college and I didn't have the passion they did about acting, nor was I good at it. I didn't like being told what lines to say. Yeah. And you have to say what they write. You can't change it. And you can modify it if you're a bigger actor, but I would constantly, you know, derail on auditions and say something a little different. And I just was not, it wasn't my comfort zone, but give me a microphone and, you know, put me on the sideline and I can interview anybody. I'm not, I can go up to anybody and banter. I don't know why that's easier for me. I don't know. I just. Well, I'm, it's funny you say that because I was going to mention that. Uh, and when you said that acting wasn't your thing or your bug. But I can tell from from watching you, you are much you're, you're very natural in front of a camera. You're very natural oh. in in um, not just your photos, but some of the videos that you did for for Playboy, just how natural you are. And then just talking on the hosting and the sports as opposed to the acting. It, it comes down to you just would rather be you. Yeah. In front of the camera than be told who to be. And you could you could tell you're. Oh, that's such a compliment. Thank you. Well, it's it's true. I just, I have fun and I, um, I always, you know, you, if you listen to what somebody is saying, the questions can be thrown out and the conversation can go somewhere totally different. And that's a really good interview when you're not so rigid. And, and then I always seem to make things fun and silly. And I, I did this thing with um, when I was the show at Fox that ran for a long time that we did called Best Damn Sports Show, period. Yeah. They honored um, one of my ideas. And I used to have this thing called Dergie's Dozen. And because I, I was around that. all these yeah. celebrities and actors and athletes and so I would I would always shoot 12 questions at a rapid pace and it would go ding 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 and I would it'd be a little segment that they would have me on the set and I'd introduce the piece and boy you stump you can stunt people with some silly questions like what's in your fridge that you nobody would even expect and or (laughs) you know silly stuff silly like not not heavy questions here but 
instead of X's and O's, it's kind of fun to ask the questions that make people get out of their, yeah. you know, X's and O's. And then they start telling you about what at the time when I was, when the show was on, I was asking everybody what's, what CDs are in your car? Well, you can't say that now, but what's, <laughs> what, you know, what do you listen to? What do you like? And it yeah. just makes people start talking about things that you didn't know about them. And I yep. find that interesting. That, that's so much fun because um, I, I I used to watch the show and I and I loved yeah. it and yeah. I do remember that segment. That's so cool. Oh yeah, it was so fun. Did you uh, what you pre pre thought of the dozen questions? Yeah. Or, and how and how often did you change them between who well, you interviewed? Most of the stuff was off the cuff. So you know, if I'm with Tommy Lasorda or or Tony Larusa, I'm gonna ask, hey, you know bottom of the ninth, two outs, and you're up to bat, or, or who, who do you want to put up to bat? Tom Arnold, John Sally, you know, these kind of <laughs> questions. Like, so I just think about, you know, stuff like that, or they're all up there. It's they just are. whatever I feel and, you know. Do you, do you have a favorite sport that you covered? Well, I mean, obviously golf, but was there anything else that, you know? Football. Football? It's yeah. golf, then football. And I started with football before golf because Jim Hill with CBS, KCBS in Los Angeles gave me my first opportunity to do sports broadcasting. And that was because I was playing in golf tournaments all the time. And if the tournament was in LA, Jim Hill would always cover the tournament, you know, when it was live for the five o'clock evening news and they would shoot to Jim, he would be with the mic interviewing all of us coming off the green and, um, he handed me the mic one day and he said, why don't you do this? They don't want to see me in a tie interviewing everybody. They want, you know, everybody. And so I did that and he remembered me for fan cam. He always hired a girl every year to do fan cam. And that's during the football season. And I got that. And I remember I, I was still really green and nervous. I was really nervous. And the pay was nothing. You didn't do it for the money. You did it for the exposure. And Los Angeles, if you're going to be in television, you really are damn lucky to start in New York or LA. And here I am in LA doing sports right out of the gate. And it was, I was so lucky, but I was also, you know, the opportunity was there and I took it, but, um, it's not all luck. You know how it is. If you're prepared right. and right. I'm out there playing golf all the time. So that's kind of how I, I got that camaraderie with Jim Hill and that led to Jim handing me the mic. And so all of these layers really help. But, um, but to your point, if you're not good, they're taking it away just as yeah. quickly as they give it yeah. to you. Oh yeah. And especially if you're pretty or you're a girl in the sports world, you can, be tanked in a day and be out of there. If your voice is too high, it turns people off. Um, he would always say, just keep doing what you're doing because I'd, I'd ask him, should I change anything? And he's like, just keep doing what you're doing. And I said, well, that doesn't help me. I want, I want, <laughs> I want to hear something. And he said, no, nope, I don't want you to change anything because the way you are when you're out there playing golf is what people want and when I'm on camera and I'm like the way I'm talking right now, my voice isn't high. And when you're nervous and you're a girl, 
and you're doing his fan cam, a lot of those girls would vamp it up. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he didn't like it. And it turns people off. And not only did I not want to do that because I was so damn scared that I didn't (laughs) worry about how I looked. I was like, Oh my God, what teams who, you know, who got traded. And like, I was, I was studying what teams were for that Sunday. And I was studying who was the new defensive coordinator. And I just was so worried about doing a good job. I wasn't worried about how I looked. Sure. And if anything, it's a, it's a distraction. So I kind of always toned it down with the ponytail or the hair up. And I just, I never played off my looks because it was already, it's already there and you're in sports and it's kind of, it's too much if you overdo it. And then the guy sitting there is going to feel weird when his wife walks in (laughs) and he's watching the news and I'm saying, it would look weird. Too glam. Or if I'm like, I wouldn't be like, I'm not even glam right now, but I'm not, I'm not sporty right now. I mean, I, I, you just, you, you blend in, you're blending in because you wouldn't be glammed up to be on the sidelines of stuff. Right. <laughs> right. That- when you're, right. You, you, you just uh, acquiesce to the environment. Yeah. And I was very sensitive to it. Just like as a kid, I was very sensitive to the golf game and, yeah. you know, and that's why it's a turnoff when I, I have girlfriends that I play golf with and I'm at their country club. And, and one of my girlfriends had on the tennis skirt and her cheeks are poking out when she's <laughs> putting. And I'm like, you can't do that. I mean, I, and she says, well, I live here. They're not going to tell me no. And I'm thinking if you were on any course, the regular, you can't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's so disrespectful and it, I don't know. It just, we, I'm with you. You're obviously very good at the sports thing because I, when we, when I saw you first on Instagram, we were talking, I remember you first from sports and then I was like, Oh, she was in playboy as well. Like I remember oh, you. From, that's cool. That yeah. you didn't think of playboy first. You thought of sports. First. No, I remember. Yeah. I remember you from sidelines and from, yeah. So, and, oh, I, that's and great. I, I know you got to, one of my favorite athletes is Charles Barkley. And I know you got oh. to be with him the day you fixed his golf swinger. <laughs> <laughs> I just found all that footage. Cause I got everything digitalized. Um, so and I'm funny. still halfway through that process. Cause it took, two different visits because there was so <laughs> much footage and, and, his swing was found... so bad. <laughs> and he went back to it oh my gosh <laughs> so and i'll i'll post it because now this footage i i posted some of the pictures of it but that that wicked golf swing so we're live on best Am, and it was a good 20 25 minutes where we're live and charles and i are mic'd up and you know we keep going to commercial and then they come back and at the end of it, I was fixing his golf swing. And I remember uh, the footage is so funny. You'll see it. I'll post it. But it, he's lining up and I was trying to get his pre-swing and change his grip a little bit. And I'm telling him the percent on where to put the weight. And I remember he goes, honey, when you weigh this much, it goes wherever it wants to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chuck. Oh, I love Chuck. <laughs> he does this thing where he, and he still does it, where his backswing, he he pauses and then goes. You know what his swing looks like. Oh, yeah. yes. Horrible. But he loves the game, and he's always out there. He He's really sweet. Didn't he get it right for a while? Didn't they? Yeah. And that now after he's... you, he got it right for a while, yeah. I thought. Maybe it was me. I don't know. <laughs> I could have swore it was after that, and I remember that segment. Take credit for it. It was yes. you. 
and then and then I remember there's a segment or something where they're like you're, you're back what what you know you were doing good what are you doing so <laughs> we two years in a row I did that tournament with Elway and for El, it was Elway's tournament where Charles we were host we were sitting with Charles on the show um so two years in a row that swing didn't look much different but um <laughs> He's cleaned it up over the years and he looks great. I've seen so many commercials recently where he still, he still looks just, I mean, even trimmer. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't age. That's for sure. He looks like he doesn't. It's crazy. So back to your um, sideline antics, was there ever anybody you interviewed where you were like, after you're done, you're watching, you said, Oh, I guess my voice did go up there. I was a little giddy with that one or just, you didn't make a norm of it, but you had no, you just couldn't help, but. No, you know, no? you know what I noticed and Fox, the, the great thing about Fox and my boss at Fox right away, everybody that works at Fox works with a voice coach, Oh, really? whether it was so, so right away when I started, we started with this show called the NFL show and it was, um, Chris Myers as the host, and we had Michael Irvin. Michael Irving had just been hired the same time I got hired. So he and I got sent to the voice coach and we were working with this voice coach for a few weeks. So it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, they make everybody that starts with Fox go to the voice coach just to keep you. So to answer your question, I never heard something where I went, oh, but I noticed in the very beginning and my boss mentioned it because I had a habit of when you're doing a one-on-one interview and you've asked the question, shut up, you know, <laughs> let the guy speak. And when you're, when you're saying, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, it's noisy when you're really trying to get that good sound bite. And I noticed in the beginning stages, I, I was still learning that. So that interview with Tiger, you can hear it. You can hear me. And Tiger and I were already friends. So it was, it was hard not to banter when he was talking to me about our game with the Gretzky's, but you can hear me say, yeah. Uh-huh. And I would never do that three, four, six months later. I learned that pretty quick, how to clean that up because when I see girls, that do it now, it drives me nuts because I know not to do that. But in the beginning, I didn't know. I wish well, I wish we had known that like yeah. 30 episodes ago. Because if you <laughs> go back thing. and watch some of our early episodes, we interrupt and way too much. <laughs> yeah, so, but it's so fun. that's why you we're guys qu- also oh, See? I'm sorry, go ahead. See? <laughs> no, I'm doing it now. That's why we sometimes we're we feel I in our hat, in my hat, we let you know, we're back to letting you the guest talk because I want to say you've always been learned, through, you know, you've through the years, you know, like you acknowledge that yeah. you're talking. But but when the Zoom, when I say mm-hmm, or yes, it cuts to me and we don't we don't want this mug. We want yours. <laughs> so we got to be quiet and Nick shake her head. Um, so, yes, like to his point, we we learn we, we, we're learning, we're, we're learning and we're trying to get better. Do you guys find that once you've interviewed somebody that you've always known of or seen pictures of, do you notice sometimes that they're so different than the way you thought they would be? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. And and I mean, I don't mean to sound disparaging to play me, but like you said, 
playmates get judged unfairly. And when we first got into this, for sure, you were, I mean, we didn't know what we were going to get. And every interview we've done, I don't like to call them interview. Every conversation we've had with a playmate has been nothing short of amazing. Yeah. You know, thank you. You know, cause there's so many of us that are so close and we all just really like each other too. And we're, I hate to, you know, sound this sounds weird, but we really are some great group yeah. of girls that, yeah. that we like when we're all together for these meetings where we're all with our earbuds and we're cooking dinner for our kids, we're all doing so much at the same time, but we all have such a unique quality about each one of us. That's so different and we all appreciate it. And that's one of the things that Victoria is really going back to the NFT for thing for a second they're really taking each girl's quality and they're making something really cool out of it with a comic book. I don't know if she's told you about that. No, that this is exclusive. <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be a comic book for, for like a comic book series where they're going to highlight certain girls and what their quality is. So guess what my quality is? Golf golf so <laughs> i nail people with the golf ball you know that like it's a superhero like a superpower? comic book and mine is these errant shots that are going to kick someone's butt you know <laughs> I love so it. isn't that cool and it is cool. victoria's the painter i mean every girl has such a different quality we all have our own niche you do and that's been what back to his point we, you know every time we talk to someone they've all got something different to talk about common theme is y'all yeah. get along there is not yeah. any cat fighting and and any aren't of you them surprised yes yes a thousand percent yes we are not lying because anytime you hear it like in the in the regular old business world anytime you hear like women that have to work together you hear how horrible it is you yeah. know but you guys for some reason root for you each know, other I saw, and i saw carrie stevens say this on instagram a few months ago because Everybody was asking our opinion about Hef when that documentary came out. And Carrie said, I'm just going to go ahead and say, and I was, I remember liking it because she said what we all think. We all as playmates had such a common ground that was so unique and hard, hard to get to. There's only 12 women in the whole world a year. Yeah. We had girls, not just from the United States that were playmates. We were, they were picked worldwide yep. and there's only 12 a year, which is pretty damn cool. Exclusive. So when we get that honor, you already feel like you're accept, like everybody is like, and, and Carrie said it perfectly and I'm not giving it justice, but she basically said there was never any jealousy or whatever. We all respected each other because it was so hard to get there. And, and we just all had that common um, respect for each other about getting to that platform that was yeah. so important and unique and don't mess it up. Yeah. And some of the girls, you know, would fade away and just be there at the parties, but I can't think of too many. I mean, it, it was a, it was a, great opportunity and and there's so many of us girls that I, I don't have any enemies in playboy 
as long as you brought up Carrie Stevens, let's just give her a shout out because her Instagram is so fun to follow. Isn't it? <laughs> she is a riot. The one where she fell off the counter yes. in the kitchen. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, she Perfect. is a riot. I love her Instagram account. I, uh, She's so beautiful. Oh my yeah. gosh. But I'm at just the gonna... same time, showing that, I don't know if I could show that, but she showed it and I'm like, go for it. That's yeah, awesome. she doesn't care. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> awesome. It's so good. Well, and I really think that there, I have, we have yet to find anybody that's been phony. I mean, when, right. we, when we talk yeah. to any of the playmates so far, yeah. different from their Instagram, nobody's been phony. Nobody's been. Oh, I hope not. No, there has not been. And it seems like the ones that I did my Playboy thing, and I'm not into it. And then they, they do just kind of go away and they just do their homebody thing or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, which is great. But um, yeah. it's been such a great world to be into. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. Such a blast. <laughs> it has. I, I'm I still, I pinch myself. I don't know how we managed to, to finagle this, but <laughs> well, you know what it is, guys, I'll just give you the two cents. We all are friends. So you have a great reputation because we all love you. So that's, that's so uh -huh. nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. I got well, to ask. Now we're blushing, but yeah. I got to ask that the hat question, what's your dream foursome? Ooh, okay. Alive or dead? Let's just go alive or dead. If you can golf with three other people, who are they? Well, I've already played with Tiger, but it would still be Tiger. Yeah. My mom, my mom, I know this is so crazy. My mom, Tiger, uh, oh gosh, this is a great question. Wow. And I called it a hat question. I'm stumped. <laughs> I'm stumped. Um, I mean, one of us is available if you want. <laughs> oh, my so God. Think about as you're thinking of that. Um, do you give lessons? <laughs> no, but I it's funny. I'm looking to start working with um, Shuffler here works the he just he almost won the colonial the other day in a at the very do you know scott yeah. Scheffler? okay so he um the guy he worked with i just got the guy's number i'm gonna call him up and start working with i go straight to the best i don't want to waste my time and i remember asking playboy to uh, when i wanted to work with tiger's uh instructor out in vegas and it cost 10 grand for a couple of days and i said hey playboy i hey hef will you Will you guys help me pay for that? Because I'm out here every week and all they talk about is Playboy. And that was before I was really doing too much. I wasn't into sports completely yet. So Playboy was my title. Everybody talked about that. And they and have said, no, I'm not going to have you go out there and just have one week. I want you to have somebody local. So I went in and Riviera and got the top coach there and that was years where I was seeing, I was seeing him twice a week, eight in the morning. And it was so cool. Cause I'd show up and I remember seeing on the, you know, in the driving range, Stallone and Kevin <laughs> Costner. And there I am with my instructor out there. And bing, bing. Uh, it was, it was so fun. That half. So that can, half can we give a, a shout out to half because yeah. that's the other common thing with all the, all yes. the playmates is, is the love for Hef and what he, when you would ask for something and, and you didn't. That was the only him. thing I asked for. So by the way, I didn't ask, 
Yeah, I said that wrong. But I you, apologize. You could talk to him about any. He was so approachable. Yeah. And likable and humble. And I can hear, I could still hear his, my pleasure. Every time I would, I would just, I would hug him and just, I loved him so much. And, and, um, oh God, he was at every, at every birthday party and I'm getting goosebumps because I miss him. Mm-hmm. But um, the world does. He it's was, sweet. he was so genuine and real and you know not a lot of people know this story and I'm, I'm going to put it out there because it's just something that proves what an incredible guy he was but I was dating at the time a big director and we were together for four years and we I broke up we broke up and they knew I broke up with him and I was at Fox and there was a big party coming up. It might've been midsummer night. It was one of the big parties coming up after the breakup. And I remember being at Fox and I get a call from Mary O'Connor, Hef's secretary. And I was around, my cubicle was like right near everybody. And I'm about to go on set, but I said, hang on, Mary, let me go in the conference room. And I took the call in the conference room and she said, Hef would like to know if you want us to ban your ex-boyfriend from coming up to the mansion, at least for the time being, however you want. Hef wants you happy and comfortable. How cool is that? That is cool, because I'm not going to say his name, but he is a big-time director. (laughs) Big-time. And even though I... The big deal. I mean, and we were so in love, but I broke up. And out of respect, Hef wanted to know what I would like to do about the parties. And and he loves Hollywood and movies (laughs) and directors. And I mean, that's true. Yeah, that proves. And my answer to that, I said, Mary, no, no, I'm not going to. First of all, that would cause a big stir and everybody would gossip about that. And it's not my style. And it wasn't an ugly breakup. I was just. I walked away and I still loved him, but I walked away and I was so hum. I, I was just so, I don't even know what the words are, but that shows Hef's loyalty that he would stop a director from coming up to his parties that he loves because he wanted to know if I was going to be comfortable with that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that that's nice. says it all. And I said, no, don't do that. That's don't worry about it. Um, but how sweet that Hef can Mary, can you tell Hef I really appreciate being asked? Yeah. And nobody knows that story, but that sums it up right there. Yeah. Cheers to Hef. All of all of it, yeah. We uh cheers to Hef. I can't tell you cheers how many, Hef. how many awesome stories we've heard about exactly. Hef. And yeah, it's always great. And it's too bad the uh documentary that came out, but you people know, are going to do it. So you want to, you want to touch on that and bash on that? Cause sure. we have, you know, we have. I'm sure you guys have heard an earful. Um, yeah. About it. Yeah. Everybody seems to have an opinion about it. And it's funny. There's a lot of people that have opinions about it that weren't even there. Um, it's so disheartening to have 
And I watched every episode, even though some of my girlfriend, some of the playmates said I couldn't even watch it. I wanted mm-hmm. to watch it because it was so disturbing that it they took it that far. And I couldn't believe it. So I kept watching the next episode thinking, you know, and and it, and and it was unfortunate that so many people that support Hef and were, were interviewed saying great things about him, it chiseled down and they're on this documentary and the documentary ended up being so negative. And a great example, Allison Reynolds and Joel, they're, they're Hef's best friends and I adore them. And they were mortified that this documentary was so negative and they're on there. And if you notice everything they say is positive, but they're everything that they say is just tiny compared to all this negative. Uh. And some of the things, you know, and this is, it, it, it's dicey because talking about it, there's people on there that are going to watch your podcast and I don't want to, say names but they know who they are they know who they are and there is one of the girls that is all over that um she's in every i have so much stuff here at my house of playboy issues that every time i come across you know whenever there's a picture that's needed for some of the press stuff that vic is doing or i just i have it all organized so i have a hef I have a Playboy section of stuff to pull from. And every time I pull those party pictures, and I'm in just about every damn month of those party pictures because I was always up there. There's the girl right there standing in every picture with Hef just gloating and so proud to be in that position that she clawed her way into to get there and, and, and to turn around and say what she said and I don't want to take away what everybody's private you know I don't want to speak see this is where it gets dicey because I'm trying to be very generic you about are my respectful answer, yep but it's very disgusting for someone who appreciated everything and then turned around and bashed him yeah and the financial things that came through that um she took and you know a lot of us girls every single one of us girls like me you you could have dated i mean hef loved all of us i mean (laughs) you could have taken things to that direction if you wanted to go there i never went there And I chose to always be, I was so by the book about parties and how, you know, I went to all the parties, but also I was a full-time sportscaster. So I was up there with my boyfriend all the time. And it was my other house besides where I lived. I just felt so welcome, but there was such a respect for me as a playmate that no one ever took, no one ever, Hef would have never made me feel uncomfortable ever and hit on me. I mean, when you're hugging Hef, once in a while, he would pat you on the butt or whatever, you know, it's just Hef. Hef, Hef would, that's Hef. And it yeah. was never insulting. It was never, and, and some of these girls on that documentary chose 
to go down a different path and to date and and to have you know now you're living in the house and what comes with that yeah is a whole bunch of stuff that you took that on and it's none of our business what some of these stories are i don't want to know what happened in someone's bedroom i don't that's none of my business yeah and that's someone talking about their side and the other person's not here to defend himself that's the worst part mortified that some of these people that took from him for so i mean he was so generous and loving it just make it makes me it makes my skin crawl and i'm one of so many so far so, anybody on our podcast is it said the same thing oh i hope so absolutely I mean, everyone 100 we were all asked right away to back back him um and right away i wrote I think it was in the New York post or I don't know, we all gave our two cents and uh, I was quick to write mine because it just, I, I mean, I, I can't say enough about him. And yeah, just, we've... Go ahead. Just every lit, every little, that's why I wanted to tell you about when I broke up with the direct, I, like yeah. those, those moments, people don't know about that. People don't know that, that he, really was so proud of me and my golf that he paid for all. I mean, that was a big thing to take on and he had no problem doing it because he believed in us. Yeah. So, so the other thing, everyone, everybody we've interviewed has said the same thing is they've had a story like you about they, he did something behind the scenes. Yeah. Had be at the golf lessons, had it be anything. Yeah. Not that anybody, not any of you asked for it or they just, he just wanted to do something for everybody. Right. It's been the story. Every, every one of you have, have told us the same thing. Yeah. And even all those years that I did have the boyfriend that would be like, I, and I always went down to San Diego for holidays, but he always wanted to make sure that I was invited for Christmas or new year or uh, Christmas dinner at the mansion. And it was such an intimate group of a small you know, group of 10 or 12. And he always invited me knowing that I'm already busy and I'm going to be with my family or I'm going to be with my boyfriend or whatever. He, there wasn't a holiday like Thanksgiving or Christmas where I wasn't personally invited to be there. And, and like I said, every birthday I had, he was there with his group of girls and the photographer. And he always had those little cameras that were like um, throwaway cameras. Yes. And he would be like giggling and taking pictures <laughs> all night. And then boom, I would have a whole envelope that next week of all of his pictures that he would make copies for me. And then I'd get that stationary um, that at the end, it would just say Hef. And it was like, here's some great pictures from your birthday, Lisa, and a few others that you and Michael went to. And, and it was just so generous. He took the time to do that. It is. And, and we they're have... framed all over my house. These pictures are just such a little slice of <laughs> so life. Cool. That... Yeah, we, we're, we're both of the age. We grew up where Hef was like one of the coolest guys on earth. I mean, you know? not gonna lie. So not gonna lie. I mean, yeah, you know, I wanted to be half. And it's so good growing up that way, and then to talk to the people that were that were close to him and find Actually out that there. it's that it's true <laughs> that he was it, one of yeah. the coolest guys on earth. Yeah. So. Do you guys remember the first time you snuck a magazine and found it and looked at it? Oh uh-huh. heck yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was a truck driver, and he used to have them in his briefcase. So yeah, I remember the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like get I just... stories. I get 
kids telling me all the, oh, you were in my college dorm or. Yep. Oh, I also so, had I also had an uncle who had the stack next to the toilet that was like two oh, feet high. Funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I I had a subscription, um, and I lived with I was a bachelor at the time, living with a bachelor at the time. And we both had, had a subscription, and then I got married, but it was like a year long subscription. So I got married, and of course it continued on, right? <laughs> sure. So she's like, "Well, you you're gonna stop that." Well, you're going to stop. I'm like, well, I don't, it'll, I'll just let it run out. But it was like, you'd sign up for like two years and then I get a card what? in the mail and it would be like, whatever, a just third of the price. Going. And I'd check, send it back in. And she'd be like, I thought this was running out. I'm like, I don't know. I guess it, well, I signed up longer than I thought. So, they like so clearly she wasn't aware and never really looked at it past the fact that there were photos, but right. there were so many great articles. I won't, you know, and nobody's going to believe this that ever knows me watches podcast, but I love the interviews because I, they, yep. they had, I mean, not every interview, but there were some that were whatever, but I, they, they were great interviews and I really great, literally love to read. I think I read during my subscription, every one of them, even if I didn't know who they were, yeah. I would read it because I wouldn't find out who they were. Yeah. I mean, and, and think about how many of the gets playboy got, I mean, every president and and um i mean do you remember some of them they're incredible just oh, i do the span of who he asked and they they all did they the asked interview. i mean there were directors to your point i mean up and coming directors actors and they would talk they would talk intimate about stuff they're sports people it was every genre politicians to your yeah. point, presidents but they were just i remember they always talked about how Jimmy Carter, there was a interview with Jimmy Carter and he was talking about some, and you know, they throw some sex questions in there, of course, cause it's playboy. And that always gets brought up with certain people that are just, you wouldn't think they would go there, but they were interviewed by the magazine. So some of these interviews were crazy good. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, well, of, you know, and, a lot and of them, the covers were amazing. I mean, the covers were so clever and I would look so for the bunny. Good. I would every month I would look for the money. Okay. Do you know some people don't know about that? Really? So here, here's the story that I have to. Okay. So my kids are 13 and 12. Okay. And they already, they already know that mom was, they, it's so funny because all my daughter's friends at, or even my son they all think it's so cool that your mom was a model, your mom, your mom's a model. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was a sports guy. You know, I'm so proud of how, <laughs> how far I took, you know, past the modeling. True. They don't care. They just think it's so cool that I was a model and I didn't walk around and say anything. I've been a mom, you know, they're all knowing that because somebody said it. And so there's a part of me years ago where I'm thinking, Okay, so I don't sit down with my kids when they're five and say, well, you, you know, I was naked in a magazine. I mean, I knew that was going to come up. Right. So it has been so like there's things in the house where um, I even think I have a cup. I have a vintage cover of Playboy on my mantle up there nice. from 1960 that Leroy Neiman painted that it's such a cool. So they've always seen that magazine. And I never knew if they knew there's naked people inside, but they know the story about when, like when Hef died and I was really sad about that and I was doing, so they saw that 
I was talking about that in interviews or writing stuff down. So they always knew mommy was in a magazine where it was like, that was a really big deal. And, and it doesn't hurt that my best friends are Alicia Richter. Well, now she's Alicia Piazza, but she's, my kids know Alicia was a playmate, Brandy Roderick, and my kids are around them with their kids. So it makes it really easy for my kids knowing that mom and all her friends, they're all playmates too. But until I got out one of these coffee table books that they have one of just every cover or every playmate, every um, okay. centerfold. And it's so thick. And I bought it and I bought Alicia one too when we were in Miami. And the other, like a month or two ago, I said to my daughter, now, you know that playboy magazine we were all naked like you know it's nudity but beautiful and and she's like yeah mom but oh you know just <laughs> like and I go now I'm sure you've already like I wanted to be the one to show my kids I didn't okay. want them to be at a friend's house and somebody's dad had a collection and they got it out and then my daughter's learning about it that way and she acted like she already knew but I said okay I'm gonna show you my centerfold let's just get it out of the way. And she's like, okay. And so I, I right away, I go, okay, here it is. And I shut it and she's like, oh my God. And then I'm like, and all of the moms that I'm friends with are in here too. So, and then, she, and then right away, I switched the whole story. And I said, you know, every cover has a bunny on it. Oh, that became an hour conversation yeah. with my kids. Fun. They it's so cool. And some and of them I, are hard to find. They are. <laughs> but that became the coolest thing to them. So I yes. kind of just said it just to get it out of the way. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we already kind of knew. Kids and are on top of like everything. <laughs> Damn internet. But that, yeah. That was a draw to me, that bunny um, on each cover. That's so, it, to me, it was neat. It was, yeah. I mean, you always spent time trying to find it. Yeah. I mean, yeah course and I there's so you know you know it's funny as a little girl I remember always watching MTV when MTV started and that had so many playmates and all these rock videos but that look of a, the girl that turned out I found out later they were all playmates but that look it's so funny I became a playmate because as a little girl I would watch all the videos and think they looked so cool they were and <laughs> that was all Okay, so I'm a 90s playmate, but that was, you know, the the late 80s and these covers that I love and that look of the playmate, the vintage magazines, it was all the late 80s. There's so many playmates that are still to me, they they're stunning, but they um I love that you know I don't know, whenever I come across a vintage you know, one of the eighties or the early nineties or, you know, before me, I just think there's so many beautiful covers. Vintage eighties. That's, that was my time of one of my favorites slamming because of the eighties. One of my favorites, Brandy Brandt was in a ton of videos and I I love her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'm going to, I'm going to edit this part out, but I have to ask, like, I love Mike Piazza and I've reached out to Alicia. What, how do I'm Alicia, Alicia. I've reached out. I've reached yeah. out to her, and I so badly because I love her husband so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I fully. Admit, I love I, her. I, I well, I do too. I do too. Heck with you. Yeah, 
but I was such a Mike Piazza fan. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, he's so, doing a reality show this week, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see when it comes out. Yeah. Um, well, I I like I said, I'm not, I don't ask for many favors, but if you put in a good word for us, I wouldn't be. <laughs> oh, of course, I'll put in a good word. It's just hard to lock him down. He's still you oh, know, not for, no, not for him. Not for, for her, him. for her. I love oh, for him. her. Wanna, she would do it in a heartbeat. I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> no, we want to talk to her. After her, maybe maybe pops in, but yeah. we're after her. Yeah. <laughs> she and I are so close. I they're in Italy right now, and and I talk to her pretty much every day. Like whenever I'm on the phone, when the kids get in the car, they're like, "Is it Alicia?" Because we are like glued at the hip, and it's nice. We laugh all the time. I'm like the golden retriever and she's the chocolate lab because she's so brunette and I'm so, we're so different. Yeah. You know, Nice. but we're, nice. Uh, gosh, we've been, I, I knew her before I was a playmate. And I remember okay. when I told oh, her wow. I was going to shoot, she said, oh, I'll make sure you do it right. Cause there's so many things that I wish I knew. So she was giving me pointers. Well, good for her. Good for, good yeah. pointers. Awesome. Well, we can cut in, cut in, you can, Edit your groveling. Yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah. We're back bagging. in, <laughs> but I do want to. We and that, and you know what? We appreciate your time because we were going way long. Yeah, we're long, <laughs> but we um not for oh, us. You have a you. limit. No, we no, don't. No, no, for you. We, we don't want to take like... you too much of your time. Yeah, you guys but, are so sweet. <laughs> but how did you get missed or into the project of this James Bond? You, from oh, what yeah. I read, the only statue of bleep uh, of a bond girl in a in a short story what is what is the story with getting involved with james bond and if there's going to be a bond girl why wouldn't it be yeah you? but how did you get involved with that um raymond benson was uh, the the writer of the article that came out and it was sure. jamie bergman's issue it was the 50th anniversary playmate issue i believe it's it's the one where all the covers. Oh yeah. And it was shaped of the Maryland silhouette. Do you remember that? I do. Yep, absolutely. It was that article of me being with Bond. That was that issue. And um was they, the short story written for Playboy? Yeah. Oh. It was in the magazine and and Hef always had Bond stories and yep. um it, they mesh really well. I mean, Bond yeah. Bl yeah. belong oh, yeah, to play. Yeah. He would be Bond would have dated half the playmates. <laughs> right? I know. But if you read the article, it's really cool because he's at the mansion. The story was that he was at the mansion and he meets a couple of playmates, and I'm one of them. And he took a liking to me. And so they had me. I'm the I'm the one that is with Bond in the end. So <laughs> it was really cool. And you know, I, I don't know why I got picked. I, I Raymond Benson is the writer and maybe he had some say in it. Um, I do know that when my issue came out, I wrote that I wanna be the next James, James Bond girl. Oh. And this is, you know, in the, the beginning stages of Playboy when I, you know, I was still thinking, well, here's the platform, I'm gonna say it. And I, I knew I probably wanna do hosting or whatever, but I still, you had that chance to say whatever you want to say. And so in the centerfold where it says what I like, what I don't like, I said, I want to be the next James Bond girl. So maybe that gave them the idea to pick me. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Know. It's not a 
it's it it's a nice it's a nice thing it's not a bad thing you never see a bad looking bond girl so i guess it's a compliment Absolutely. <laughs> but did you get a you got a statue no <laughs> i thought there was a, i thought i read that you're the only girl that a bond girl that had got a statue um i'm the only playmate that was that is was called out story where i'm with bond in the story um yeah yeah, I, yeah maybe, I they, maybe was, they said status it was the only the only real life character put with bond like all Correct. the bond girls were characters except for you you were you're lisa i was a playmate and yeah. he was at the mansion and he yeah. met me at the mansion yeah, nice, nice. that's on my radar to, to look up and read that story. So, yep. <laughs> well, you that's know cool. what issue it's in, so you can find it real quick. And we, yes, and yeah. we and we just had Colleen Shannon on, who was the 50th anniversary. Oh, so. I love Colleen; <laughs> she's so talented. Yeah. So is it that we, as um, Chili fans, restaurant <laughs> have to have you to thank for the interior decorating? Did I Isn't read that, that crazy? Right? Okay, you you found something I didn't find. Wow, <laughs> that we okay. need. So when I go into a Chili's today, and I enjoy the decoration, <laughs> I have you to thank. This is what's crazy. So I'm in college. I'm an interior design major. I'm in my freshman or sophomore year. I'm a waitress at Chili's right near the campus at San Diego State University, and in the back part of the office where you turn in all your your money at the end of the night and you log how much tips you have and up on the bulletin board it says anybody we're looking for the western region they 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 call it the decorator for the chilies in the western region but it was the person who would if it was a new chilies they they would go in for five days and put all they called it the funk on all the shelves and all the pictures on the walls had to be arranged and all that. And I thought, well, my, I didn't like the look, believe me, hello. But <laughs> I was this freshman or sophomore and I'm like, why don't they give me a shot at it? And I, and they said, well, no, it's with the degree, we need somebody that has experience. And I said, just try me out, please just try me. And so they flew me to Dallas to do the first restaurant. And I was trained with the girl that already had the gig for the whole US, but they needed another person because she couldn't do them all. And I got it and they paid really good. <laughs> and I was a college kid making tips at Chili's. So getting this job was so cool. And yeah. I would go in and a lot of restaurants just needed a zhuzh and update. And so those days took three nights and when the restaurant closed and the manager was leaving, I was arriving. It sounds creepy now. I think about it now. And it's so scary when you're in a restaurant, the lights are on and I'm by myself, but I was having to do all the shelves, everything. And of course I dealt with California. So I had to make sure everything was nailed down and it was a difficult job. It was not glamorous at all, but I loved the money. And I did 22 restaurants before I'd had enough. And I thought, okay, I have enough to talk about it on a resume, but it, it gave me like independence to move out and move up by campus. And cause my parents were going to pay for an apartment. I lived in San Diego and I went to San Diego state and they're like, you can stay at home. And I said, I don't want to stay at home. <laughs> right. cold. Typical college kid. Yeah. So I got <laughs> that job and then I had all this money so I could afford my 
you know, apartment. So yeah, I mean, it's not the look, but it was great for a freshman. And I felt like a big shot. I was flying around getting paid and all so my- So how many expenses. states did you go to? Was, were well, they all in most California? Of them were in California. Okay. But I, I did a few in Texas, probably Oregon, um, mostly all of California, Northern California, a lot in San Francisco. It was cool. So she didn't that do Appleton. It was fun to get paid to fly you somewhere. You didn't do Appleton, Wisconsin. So our Appleton, <laughs> Applebee's does not look the same Ch as Chili's. your Chili's. They're different. So our Appleton Chili's doesn't look the same as your California Chili's. Oh my God. I can't believe we're even talking about this. <laughs> I'm digging. I'm just trying to. I can't either. And this, this is just proof that we don't just. We both do research because I had no idea any of this was a thing. But doesn't that add character, guys? It I does. Mean, I love you, it. You wouldn't think that, you know, you hear your interview in a Playmate and we're talking about chilies. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. I love the fact that it was before your chili thing. They didn't, you didn't get hired out of your Playmate thing. You, you got hired off of you. Yeah, I wasn't even a, yeah, I wasn't a Playmate then. I was a little college kid making tips at Chili's and thinking I'd rather have that job. and. Okay. Yeah, have something on a resume at a young age i that's i mean i just i was intrigued me the most is that point that you had it before the playbook awesome oh of course that's so much fun <laughs> and i'll tell you this so i don't know how many years ago well obviously we do it was around 1998 um the, the video calendar i watched you talked about your call it what you will nervous about touching your hair but you still do it to this day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you literally talked about it in your video calendar. I don't even think I've ever seen that video calendar. Oh, but, you just called me out on it. No, I know no. it's a nervous thing. Look at me. I'm like, no, not itching. You're just, you're brushing and going. And, and I watched you the whole time going, <laughs> you do yeah, it to this it day. Still does it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that you're you. Oh, and my that's gosh. what comes across. Right. Yeah. The whole time with your yeah. sports casting and your interview today. And we cannot thank you enough for just oh, you being you. You guys, it was an easy interview because you're so likable and approachable and, and, and haven't you had it where it's not that way and you got to pull things out of people, but this was easy. Good. And yeah. we're drinking wine as we do it. Well, we are, we're, I think we're almost two bottles in at this point. So <laughs> I'm impressed that you drink the drink that the girl drinks. Oh, heck yeah. Well, I'm sure you're not a Sauvignon Blanc fan, but we cater to the ladies. Can you believe it? I love it. <laughs> right. The lady is, I think if we learned anything, Hef knew the, the lady is always right. Yes. So again, to Hef. <laughs> to Hef. To you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming on. And I'm you not cutting so you off, welcome. but please. Uh, what would any, let's talk about your, before promote, we sign promote, off, promote. let's promote your NFT. Let's promote any, any, your Instagram to promote your NFT. That's what we're all about. Let's get you everything. Yes. Everybody just get out there and go to rogue bunnies, my NFT, all the girls, we're all a family. So any of us that you want to support, but rogue bunnies has all of the info that you need on everything that we're doing. I mean, right now, when I get off of here, I'm going to go on the live uh, poker tournament that they're all at right now. And you know who's really good? Who? 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 Oh, my gosh. Terry Harrison. Mm. Oh, 
oh, she's such a good poker player. There was all these fans and then she was down to the wire with them. <laughs> oh, and somebody else was really good. There were two playmates that were in till the very end. Good for them. And then I was, I stunk it up with, <laughs> I think there was a lot of us that fell out really early. Well, I, I definitely want to, I definitely, we used to do a lot of poker playing. So I definitely want to get in for one of these things. I think you it would be a lot of fun. You have to do it. It would be and a lot I, of fun. The problem I is. Know. I used to host um, Poker Royale. I did two different poker shows where I yeah. had to know what I'm talking about when I was doing the interviews after. Yeah. I forgot all of it, all <laughs> of it. So I was faking my way through the game, but they're all excited that you're in the room with them. That it's Well, we try to get to more, but like I, I have a young daughter. I have her every other week. And when I don't have her, we're doing all of these things. So it's hard for, for a while I was getting into all the rooms. We're getting into all the rooms and I haven't been in a while and we need to get back to it because we love all of you. And we're so excited oh. to be involved in our tiny little way. And, oh and man, you guys are great. Yeah. I'm so glad we did this. I'm sorry. It took forever to get it all together, but it was worth it. So don't worry about it. it was worth it. I didn't want to say anything wrong about the NFT stuff in the very beginning, but here it is months and months later, and I still didn't know how to describe it. So, I, I think I could be involved for the next 10 years. I still wouldn't know how to describe it. So you'll always describe it better than any of us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Lisa. Have Thank a good Thank you night. so much. Thank so much you. for coming on. Yeah, Have a great absolutely. One. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. The tavern is closed for now, but we'd love to have you back for more fun next time. Seriously, though, get your asses out of here. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.